The Battle of Ontario ignites tonight in Toronto. We'll preview that game. And Dave, I've got a question for you. I think we got to discuss this. Do the Leafs have an identity crisis? We'll get into all that and more on today's edition of the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On At Least podcast, a daily Maple Leafs centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host Dave Morissuti. Today's, a, today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use the promo code LockedOnNHL to get up to a one hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. Apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Uh, welcome into the show, everybody. Uh, we got the Battle of Ontario igniting for the first time this year tonight with the Sens rolling into town. Um, we'll get to that in just a moment. Uh, there's no practice today in Leafland also, as uh, some of the members of the Maple Leafs were at the Sunnybrook Hospital ahead of, uh, you know, Remembrance Day this weekend. And, and you know, it's, that's clearly something that the Leafs have always had kind of near and dear to their hearts. And they've always gone down to Sunnybrook, uh, you know, the week Remembrance Day every year. So that was nice to see them um, get out there and, and speak to some of the people down at Sunnybrook. Yeah, it's, uh, it's great that those traditions stick around for as long as they've had. Right, there's they do a lot of like different things throughout the year. I always remember Sunnybrook, Sick Kids is another one. I think they yeah. do a few other ones. So, yeah, I, this is I mean, Remembrance Day is so so big in this country, and we'll we'll do more of it going into this week. But yeah, it's look at the schedule. This was literally the only day they probably could do it. Yeah, pretty much. Like they've got the game. Uh, Wednesday night, and then they're off on Thursday. But then they got back to backs. Well, they'll practice on Thursday, and then back to back Friday and Saturday with Saturday being uh, the Remembrance Day game against the Canucks. And if I'm not mistaken, it was wasn't it the Canucks last year where was it either the Remembrance Day or maybe it was the Bjorn Salming? Um, yeah, it was Bjorn. Yeah, Salming. Yeah, that, that tribute first, was that night. First home game back because they were on the road when he passed. No, I think it was his tribute game where oh, he, he was in for the Hall of Fame because there was all the Swedes. Right, I believe right, right. it was the tribute game. Because they had him, they had Nylander, Angval. Like, I think the least did a full out all, yeah, all, all Swedes starting. starting lineup. Yeah, and remember like the amazing scene of like Sittler and Sundin like trying to hold up his hand so he could wave to the crowd. Like, oh, it was just thrilling thrilling thrrilling stuff yeah. uh giving me goosebumps thinking back on it um but anyway so this week you know or yeah this week Canucks will be back in town for that remembrance day game but there's a game you know tonight we got Ottawa coming into town and um again we'll get to that in just a, a second because I, I want to get something off my chest here Dave this is this is kind of what we can do here on podcast we got some takes that we want to discuss and kind of flesh out this is the perfect time to do it because if mm -hmm. i'm having these thoughts there's a good chance that some of the people listening to this podcast are also having these thoughts and 
there's been a lot of discourse around Sheldon Keefe lately and, you know, the fact that he should be fired. Like, I put out a tweet a week ago discussing this, and there was, like, well over 300 responses with people suggesting, uh, yes, he should be fired, and this is who should come in and coach instead, which I thought to be hilarious. But I, I don't blame Sheldon maybe as much as most because I think this team – has a little bit of an identity crisis. You let me know if you kind of agree with, you know, this whole situation, because I, I look at last year's team. I look at this year's team, the guys who left and the guys who they brought in, they're completely night and day different from their play styles. And I think last year you saw what Sheldon Keefe hockey is supposed to look like. And over the last couple of seasons, really, where you've got a really solid top six, you know, you've got those top two lines and they're going to provide most of your offense and they're going to score. But on the flip side, he he has a matchup third line and then he has a fourth line that also is good defensively that he feels comfortable and it reliable if they have to throw them into the defensive end. Um this year is just, it hasn't been that at all with who they brought in. Domi is not really a third line guy because he's someone who also is much more offensively driven. John Klingberg is not a top four defenseman. He's being shoehorned into being that, especially on the heels of the Timothy Lilligren injury. Do we really need to talk about Ryan Reeves? Do, do we really have to do that? Or can I just say Ryan Reeves is on this team and clearly cannot do what is asked of him to be a complete 200-foot player by Sheldon Keefe? Um, and, and that's kind of hindered the, the play of David Camp also this year, who's taken a big step back. I don't necessarily think that's all on Reeves, obviously. Camp needs to play better, but I don't think that it's it, it's it's just a coincidence that this guy is playing some of the worst hockey he's ever played with a subpar, you know, winger next to him. Um, that being said, like I, I went and I kind of dug into the numbers a little bit, Dave, let me actually, I'm going to send you, um, I'm going to send you something here and you see if we can post this up. I, I probably should have done this ahead of time. All right. So, uh, now that we've got that sorted out. So I was looking into the comparables from, you know, what we saw from this team last year from a defensive standpoint, what we saw this year from a defensive standpoint, because I think we can all really agree that, you know, the team this offseason, the guys who they brought in, they wanted to bring in toughness. They want to bring in snot, snarl, whatever S word that Brad Trilliving wanted to use. But they did that at the result of losing out on like defensive guys, right? Like they let Zach Aston Reese go. They let Ryan O'Reilly go. They let Luke Shen go. Like they let the Justin Hall. I mean, as much as people criticize them a lot better defensively than John Klingberg. Um, they let these guys walk to bring in this new brand of player, but I just can't help but feel that these new players that they brought in don't fit what Keith wants to do. Don't fit how Keith believes the game should be played and the system that he wants to deploy where he thinks he can have the most success. One that has given this, him over a hundred points each and every year. And yes, they flame out in the playoffs and I get that, but his system works. What, what, what has happened to this point, these guys aren't, aren't working. Let's pull up this little chart that I, I went and I collected the data from the last two seasons under Sheldon Keefe. So that's two years of sample size compared to 
so far this season. I get it. Small sample size, 11 games. So we can take some of this with a grain of salt. But this is how badly this team has fallen off a cliff defensively when you look at every single defensive statistic, Dave. For those who are watching on YouTube, you can kind of see the comparison here. For those who are listening via podcast, and you know we get a lot of podcast listeners, so we'll go through it orally as well. You look at the expected goals against, and I, some people may not believe in expected goals and whatnot because, you know, who cares about analytics? But listen, it's it's really just a tool to measure a team's defense. It's the quality and quantity of shots allowed. And if you're allowing less shots and less quality chances, then you'll have a lower expected goal. So you give it up more, then you'll have a higher expected goals. That's all it means is basically you got Swiss cheese defense. You're going to give up a 282 expected goals against, which ranks 22nd in the NHL. That's what the Leafs have had this year. Last two seasons combined, they were ranked seventh in the NHL. That's a big drop off from seventh to 22nd, giving up nearly half an extra expected goal per game so far this season we're going to get back to this conversation here on the lockdown lease podcast but before we do let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors and that is ebay motors pass and drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guarantee fit, only available to U.S. customers. And today's show is also brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Matthews could score 50 goals, the Leafs could hoist the Stanley Cup, and you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because of Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Crosby, McKinnon, McDavid, Austin Matthews potentially or record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus minus and more in any given game. Perhaps tonight you could go for uh, over half a goal for Austin Matthews. Why? Oh, he's got 23 goals in 29 games against the Ottawa Senators. So that one might be one of the plays for tonight. But to win a 100 times bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Lee fans. You can 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the we knew that seeing how they're playing, that the numbers weren't going to be very flattering to them. Mm-hmm. The issue, The issue I have right now is 
you know, going into this season, the Leafs were going to have to figure out ways to not be so reliant on the core, right? They needed to get better outside of the core. That was literally the talk when Bradshaw Living came in. He didn't want to have this talk about it always being the core four, right? Yeah. The blue line, we knew this blue line, when you compare it with some of the top teams, I bring up Vegas, I bring up Colorado, I bring up just really a lot, even like Eastern Conference, Carolina. You look yeah. at these teams. Dallas, we knew, team. right? We knew this blue line was not up to snuff with that. But right. at the same time, Sheldon Keefe has found ways, as you as you pointed out here, even when he hasn't had the greatest blue line, he finds a way for the team to at least be, you know, respectable defensively. Yeah. The last two years, they were ranked seventh in the league in defensive play. Like expected goals against is basically a team defense ranking. So the seventh best team defensively as a unit, not just literally the blue line, but as a unit. And that's dropped off to 22nd this year. And that's not just because of the blue liners. That's a large majority of it is because of the bottom six and the fact that they just can't be relied on in their own end. And and that's been a big problem. Like you look at the other, you know, statistical categories that I've got here, scoring chances are up nearly three extra scoring chances a game that the Leafs are giving up um, at five on five per 60 minutes and an additional two, almost two and a half high danger chances they're giving up per game. Like they drop from eighth in the league in scoring chances given up to 23rd. The drop from ninth in high danger scoring chances to 26th. Like there's just a massive drop off here in every single category. And that is a big reason as to why this team has been struggling this season. And I don't think it's the big boys who are causing this. For me, it's a lot of players who are lower in the lineup and it's because they can't be trusted in the same roles that Keith could trust that bottom end lineup last year and the year prior. Like I was saying, that third and fourth line last year, responsible defensively. So they were put in those situations so that the offense could cook, right? Guys like Nylander, Matthews, Marner in the offensive end. This year, really can't do that because early on in the season, you had that third line giving up goals. You had that fourth line who still, I believe, outscored like eight to nothing so far this year. Um, it's, it's been an absolute tire fire, that whole bottom six to this point, not only offensively, not providing much goals, uh, you know, finally got, you know, some, some goals last night, obviously, uh, the other night against Tampa Bay, but prior to that, it's been the top six scoring everything, everything. Um, so when you're not providing offense and then you're also this leaky and shaky defensively, that's a problem. And that's why the Leafs find themselves in the situation that they're in uh, where they have to score five, six goals in a game at home to win. Like they scored four goals on home ice against Buffalo and lost. They had to score six goals against Tampa Bay to get two points. Had to. Had to score six goals. And it's because this team just can't get it done defensively. And it's, you know, the new guys just cannot figure it out that's to me the biggest issue i yeah, think there's an identity crisis essentially is what i'm saying but here's the thing look like sheldon keith has had for the last few years like this is the biggest change in a lot of er certain areas for sheldon keith especially up front right a lot yeah. of guys have been here for a while they're gone that's true like they've had turnover every year 
every year they've had turnover. They have, but at the same time, like Justin Hall, someone he's had for how many years, right? Yeah. God. And that's a top four guy. That's not a guy that, you know, you throw out for 10 minutes a night. Justin Hall was playing a lot. That's that's something that he had to, you know, make adjustments to, right? You don't have that guy anymore. And we know that he was a reliable. But this is the thing. This is but the like thing the year me. prior. But here's what I'm saying, though. The, the two years prior, Jake Muzzin was reliable. And that would happen. Muzzin went down and they were still able to figure out a way to get it done. So and say like Zach Hyman was a very reliable person defensively. Mm-hmm. And they're able to get it. Pierre Engvall, as much as people hated Pierre Engvall, he was pretty reliable defensively and was able to get the job done. Um, these guys just have not been able to to do that. The message isn't getting through or they're incapable of playing that way. Well, and look, we already know what the biggest change was between the last two years and this year. The guy who's getting the players for Sheldon Keith is not here anymore. My point exactly. And that's why I think like, he wants to play a certain way. He wants the team to play a certain way. Brad Trillimi, that is. But I'm not sure that's Sheldon Keefe hockey. And that's my point. Like, I think Sheldon Keefe, the way that he's operated the last two years, again, you've got a dominant top six, and you've got a bottom six that can be responsible defensively. And if he plans on deploying that similarly this year, which he tried to early on, like now he's realizing that's not going to work and he's trying to figure things out. He's got to try and, you know, what coaches do is they figure it out, right? Like they, 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 they evolve, they evolve, they adjust, and, and there's still time for that to happen, obviously. But early on, I think it's pretty evident that the players that were pinpointed that were supposed to help this team in other ways are being shoehorned into Keith's lineup, and he doesn't really know what to do with them. And it shows based on how the results have gone. But at the same time, we know the results the last, how many years Sheldon Keefe has been coach. Mm-hmm. Regular season, yes, the numbers don't lie. They've been really good in the regular season. It means diddly squad now to Leafs fans what they do in regular season if the playoffs come around and they're not able to take what they've done in the regular season and translate that to the playoffs because we know that they're two different seasons. Regular yeah, season and true. playoffs are two different things. And I think that's what, in a way, Bradshaw Living is brought out. The Ryan Reeves one, that was, we already know that that one's already pl- proven to be a mistake. But Domi, you know, not Kleinberg. <laughs> Actually, in a way, Kleinberg, not so much either. But Domi and Bertuzzi, the two that are struggling the most, ever, nobody was batting an eye when those guys were brought in because we knew exactly what they were brought in for. In the playoffs, when that time is, you know, when you need a little more of that pushback, right? You need those guys because the, the least, unfortunately, in the playoffs have allowed physical play to undermine a lot of the things that they do well because really the guys they have don't really fit that style. So Treliving is trying to bring in guys that fit that style a bit more, right? Help in those areas that the least come woefully short on when the playoffs come around. At the same point, too, Sheldon Keith has to figure out a way. This is what he's paid to do. He's got to figure out ways to get these guys to work. Like he like Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi's aren't scrubs that, that they were he was given. 
they were they are decent players. They have been contributors in the past. They didn't come here and all of a sudden become bad hockey players. Yes, it's a struggle. He's got to get them to work. There's also some time. I'm not as concerned about those guys. I'm just really concerned about this blue line because it's really only one new defenseman, right? That was brought in, right? With Mark McKay being out, you got Lagus in here. But he can't defend. That's I know the problem. Like that is the problem, and I, I, we know that. But the thing is, that's something that he's going to have to talk with Brad Living about. If he can't get Klingberg to play better defensively, if in his heart he knows that's a conversation he needs to have with his general manager, because at some point, if he can't make it work, why are we trying to fit? make someone work that just it's not possible it's like you're trying to tell i'm trying to think of an analogy here and it's not really going well it's just you got somebody who's playing a style that just doesn't work with as you said sheldon keith system at some point someone's got to recognize that this needs to change (laughs) (laughs) like at some point i don't know how much i don't know what what the Leafs are going to be able to do with klingberg other than trade him because if if true living brought him in to bring offense but the defensive part is such a problem and there's nobody to really cover him for that and if Sheldon Keith doesn't figure out a way to do it there's not really many options for Sheldon Keith. no there's not there's there really isn't especially with the injuries to Lilligren and and McCabe right like that's why this guy played 25 minutes the other night they have no other options what are you gonna play Simone Benoit for 20 minutes a night Probably not going to play him either. He'll, no. he'll take three penalties in those 20 minutes and put you shorthanded. And when this team's got a 75% penalty kill, you don't want to do that either. So it's they're, they're in a tough spot. And and look, there's still time, obviously, for uh, for for this team to turn things around. Um, I am curious, though, because I looked this up the other day, where a bunch of the Leafs sat in terms of like high danger chances given up per 60 minutes of play. And at the time I looked this up, and it was before the weekend, um, the Leafs had four guys, four guys in the top 14. Uh, I'm curious if that's still the case in terms of, you know, the chances that are being given up by uh, by Toronto. And turns out they, why do I have other, oh, I need to set the filters. I had the filter set to like no time. So you've got some random players like Matthew Benny and Philip Zadina showing up. Not what you're trying to to do. You want to filter some of those guys out who don't play a lot of time. Um, but David Camp is like up at the top. John Klingberg was one of those players. I think he was like 14th or something like that. Um, it's It's really a problem. Really is a problem. The amount of quality chances that these guys are giving up on a nightly basis. Uh, yeah, so Camp is, is third. He's given up 20 high-danger chances per 60 minutes at 5-on-5. Five five. Klingberg's 14th, giving up 16 uh, per 60 minutes at 5-on-5. Five five. So you've got both of those dudes sitting in the top 14, 15, whatever you want to use. Um, that's not good enough for Toronto. Just it isn't. Like Max Domi's pretty high up there as well, and Jake McCabe is, but he does not qualify if – for the, uh, the the time limit that I put here, um, minutes on ice. So they've got a bunch of dudes who are really, really struggling. And when you want to play 25 minutes a night for John Klingberg and 
he's given up that many opportunities, it's just not going to go well. And again, he's 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 not he's not a guy who can play 25 minutes a night. He's not a guy who should be with Jake McCabe in a defensive role. I don't know where he should play because you also don't want to play guys making four and a half sheets, only 12 minutes getting first unit power play. And then only playing like 12 minutes on a third pair. Like that's, that's also just a tough pill to swallow, but can't really trust him elsewhere. And I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's going to be an interesting uh, few weeks here, a few months here as the you know Sheldon Keith understands how to utilize John Klingberg essentially is is what we need to get to. The last thing I, I'll say on this is but the thing is we can point to Klingberg, but you just said a bunch of guys are struggling well, in this area. Yeah. And, and to me, when a bunch of guys are struggling with it, maybe it's not all just on the players, and maybe it's the system needs to needs to be adjusted. But it's a system, but but it's a system that's well, yes and no. Like it's a system that has worked for the last two years with Dean Chinov coming in, he's been fantastic, and then you've got Sheldon Keith who's been able to do good things, and all of a sudden now the system's broken. Is the system broken? Or but here's the thing: scout scouts, opposing teams scout these things, and they say, you know what, we can beat the system. Yeah, but. They're not. Here's the problem. They're not executing the way they're supposed to. Like you saw that game the other night against Tampa, the amount of time and space that they had in the defensive mm-hmm. zone, the way they were just, just funneling the puck all the way across the ice through traffic, and the Leafs had, could do nothing about it. That's not it. The the terrible gaps that John Klingberg has. That's not playing the system. That's not playing the system. You're supposed to be tight. You're supposed to be on top of pucks. You're not supposed to be giving up odd man rushes, which this team consistently finds themselves doing. Right? But you're not he, supposed to be shooting it into the shin pads of Tage Thompson when you're trying to tie the game. Like, it's it's not, I don't know. I think, the, the, again, the system just isn't being executed properly, and that's a big problem. But my whole point is I don't think the players who they brought in can execute Keith system and that's my point i don't think they're capable capable of doing it because they're just not good defensive players and that's what keith needs guys who play a 200 foot game that's what he believes in it's what he believes in and when dudes can't buy into that or are unable to that's going to be a problem and that's where we have the maple leafs right now who are what was that again 22nd in expected goals against uh, 17th in goals against that five on five, and even worse when you look at it in uh, in in you know all situation numbers, giving up well over three goals a game, giving up over four goals a game on home ice. It's brutal. It it truly is brutal. Oh, it's but. not great. You can't give up that many. Like, it's not sustainable. We've already we've kind of known that. You know, when yeah. we talked about the goaltending having a nine, you know, Joseph Wall having a nine fifty save percentage, we knew that wasn't sustainable. Because he was bailing their ass each and every night. Like that's not something we we can expect, right? Coaches, yeah. everyone's gotta has to make adjustments. If they're not executing, find out why they're not executing. What's what are they not getting right? That's that's what you gotta do with practice. That's kind of the whole point of the game. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna say that it's their brain that's not thinking properly, but sometimes it seems like that could be the case. Anyways, uh hopefully, you know, they can get they can write the ship. There's still so much time that the ship could be uh, could be righted and uh maybe it could even start tonight against the Ottawa Senators. Let's take a break, come back, preview that game, 
and uh, talk about, you know, what we think the three keys are going to be. Uh, defending is going to be one of those keys, by the way. So hopefully they can do that a lot better than they have been so far this year. So we'll talk a little bit about that and more. And also, ooh, rough situation with our old pal Soupy. We got to talk about that as well. So we get into all that on the other side. But first, let me tell you guys about one of today's show sponsors. And it's our good friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NHL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I do recommend you taking the over if you're going to make a wager tonight in the Leafs and Sens game. Uh, the over hits constantly. And honestly, both these teams, Swiss cheese defensively, as we've talked, and uh, both sides giving up a lot of goals this year. So I, I'm a proponent to take the over tonight of six and a half goals. Uh, so you can do that and find those wagers over on FanDuel. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NHL season. FanDuel, official partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. Uh, we've got a Leafs and Sens game tonight. Previewing this one. It's the first Battle of Ontario of the season. Uh, who do you think is more worried about how things are going right now? Leafs fans or Sens fans? Well, I mean, if you're a, a Leafs fan, at least your captain didn't call out the fans for booing and chanting for firing the coach so leafs got that going for them at least because yeah i mean that happened before remember uh salute gate that that happened in toronto but it's not current uh yeah but that leafs team wasn't supposed to be making the playoffs true they were very not true. supposed to be a good team and the senators are in a very different situation right now yeah they, they really are. And they've been just hit with so much bad after bad after bad. Like, Shabbat mm -hmm. goes down, and then Sanderson goes down, and then Pinto gets suspended for 41 games. And then this whole thing comes out about, you know, the Dadnoff situation, and Dorian gets fired. And it's been a tough, tough, tough couple of weeks here for Ottawa. And then they go and get, they get slapped in the mouth by Tampa 6-4. to four. Uh, in their last outing. Now, they've had a few days off to get uh, their minds right for this game against Toronto. Do um, you think they get it done, or how do you think this game kind of plays out? Can Toronto build off their win over Tampa Bay, or do you think this is one where, you know, the Sens, few days to prepare for this game, can give Toronto a run for their money? Oh, I think the Sens... I if you're thinking the Sens aren't going to come out flying, like they're going to be a tough team tonight because they're going to want to take some of that negativity that they've been experiencing the last few days. And they know what they found ways to have success against the Leafs in past years, just by doing kind of the small things, right? Playing, you know, aggressively, right. in those things. Now they haven't been playing great defensively against the Leafs, but that's never really been usually Ottawa's MO against the Leafs. It's, Good four check, get that find guys open in the offensive zones and things like that. But the good thing for Ottawa is this is an away game, so they don't have to worry about if things go wrong and the fans kind of turning on them a little bit here. Let's be honest. 
it's always an away game for Ottawa when these two teams play. Always. It's kind of true. I think maybe Leafs fans would just get in on it and Senators fans would think it's their own fans. Um, but I, I think for, for Ottawa here, yeah, Arden Zub is going to be back. That's a key guy to get back from because that, that line has been decimated. Yeah. With Shabbat not being there, he eats up a lot of minutes for them. Like Sanderson, the, no, no Jake Sanderson, who was playing great prior to uh, to losing him. I mean, that's, that's another, like, these injuries have been so poor. And this is a team that's notorious for getting off to terrible starts. And November is like the worst. Like they, they, oh, they fear in November. Awful, awful. I think uh, I, I want to say I, I saw Ross, uh, the locked on sends host, tweet out something like they've got uh, like five and 20 and one or something like that in their last like couple November. Like yeah, it's been brutal in November and they put themselves in a tough spot and then they just couldn't climb out of it the last couple of years. This year was supposed to be different and it, it, it hasn't been ultimately, it really has not been different. I think they're pretty well at the bottom of the league or tied or close to the bottom of the league right now. When, uh, when it comes to, they're literally dead last in the East right now. Uh, with eight points through 10 games. The East, by the way, that's that's not bad, actually. For, like, the last place team, that'd be 400. Um, it's a powerful Eastern Conference, I will say that. It does help uh, that, be, you know, San Jose is in the West. And like well, I, I'm just looking now, like, so they have 10 points. The Ottawa, no, eight points, never mind. So they have eight they're points. Four, they're four and six. They're under 500, but, you know, they're, yeah. You you would think by the way they're playing, they're like two and like they're like the Oilers, the way that the Senators have been kind of talked about, yeah. which has not been the case. But at the same time, they were supposed well, to be a pushing. This is not the Senators; they're not supposed to be last in the Atlantic, right? That's no, this is supposed. Yeah, this was supposed to be that they took that next step, and 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 it hasn't been that because they haven't been able to get off to a good start. A lot of that has to do with these injuries, unfortunately, and it's it's been to the back end. They haven't gotten the goaltending that they expected to get. Right, they signed Corpusallo to a big money deal this offseason, and he's got a, a goals against north of three and like a nine oh two save percentage. Um, they're backup, like they've pretty much had a one a one b tandem. And the backup hasn't really done much better either. He's got a north of three goals against, like an eight eighty six eight percentage. Like they're not getting any goaltending, but they're also getting left out to dry by the 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 defending um, or lack thereof from the Ottawa Senators. If that sounds familiar, which is why I implore people to take the over tonight in uh, on Fanduel if you are going to make wagers on the game. Um, so I think like, yeah, the, the, the Sens are in trouble here. Uh, and look, it's, it's, if you think it's loud for Sheldon Keefe to get fired right now in Toronto, oh, is it ever much, much louder for DJ Smith. And especially with the new ownership coming in, like new general manager, tough spot, man, tough spot. I was, I was talking with somebody um, who covers the team and you know, the thought process is if, if, if things go South, Tonight, they've got a back-to-back against Calgary and, and Vancouver this weekend prior to leaving for uh, for Sweden, like the Leafs. If they go south and if they lose all three of these games, there is a possibility that there will be a new man on the bench when they play those games in Sweden next week. There's a like That is what they're thinking. That's what the streets are saying in Ottawa. So, yeah. When, you're hearing, when you're hearing uh, potential 
guys that can step in, that's not a good sign for the head coach either. When you're hearing your replacement's name is being thrown out there as well. Like, Claude right. Julian's name has been thrown out there for Ottawa. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I'm DJ Smith, like, that's not comforting. I remember when they asked Steve Steos about DJ Smith, the first thing he said, I'm pretty sure this was the first thing he said, the boys put the, the guys play hard for DJ. He didn't say DJ's a good coach. He said the boys play. Usually when you're defending your coach, he's a good coach. We believe in him. Right. He didn't say that. He said the guys play hard for him. Not exactly an endorsement in any way, really, if you're DJ Smith. Thanks. That reminds me of Dorian when uh, he was like, we're a team. We're a team? Uh, like, yeah, you are. Just not <laughs> a very good one, clearly. Yeah. We're a team. One of the great, great quotes from Pierre Dorian from back in the day. He was so meme-worthy, like throwing the Gatorade cup or the water cup or whatever it was against the wall. And oh, He was so meme-worthy. Uh, over his tenure as the Senators GM, but he's no longer there. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, it's getting to a point, though, where for Ottawa, it's you're playing for your coach, right? You're playing to keep your coach's job. You got to play guilty if you're the Senators. And if that's the case, Toronto's got to be prepared. And, and you know, as we get to our three keys to the game, I think a good start has to be the key for Toronto because, this is a team that's had a few days off, right? They're they're probably itching to get back out there after yeah. getting dummied by Tampa Bay. You got to make sure that you match the intensity level that you know Ottawa's going to bring. Toronto's been slow out of the gate, especially on home ice. They just we're down four to one after the first twenty in Tampa Bay. Can't happen again tonight. Cannot happen. So I think a, a, a good start has to be in the cards in order for Toronto to to get this victory. What's another key? that you like for Toronto tonight. I mean, look, we, we know that the senators goaltending has been struggling. Get these guys uncomfortable. Look mm-hmm. at how they took care of the, uh, the lightning, right? That comeback. Matthew Nye's getting into Johansson's grill there. You had Nick Robinson shooting the rebound. Cal Yarncroke's right there to get the rebound. Attack this, attack this goaltending, right? Yep. It's not and been great. Anton Forsberg has half decent numbers against Toronto. From what I, I remember, his first game against the Leafs was like, oh amazing. yeah, it was like a two-one win. It was like right when he came over from Winnipeg that claimed him off waivers. I do recall that he had, too. he had like a million saves in that game too, and I'm just like, yeah, of course that's what happens. So <laughs> make life uncomfortable for the goaltending. That's that's kind of where I'm at that with that. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like. Ottawa gives up the third most high danger chances per game right now. Toronto's got to make sure that they continue to get to those areas. Like Ottawa's giving you chances to get into the, into the middle of the ice, to get into the slot and the inner slot. Toronto's done a good job getting there. Just got to make sure that you maintain that hunger to get to those areas. So uh, absolutely. That's got to be one of the keys tonight. And here's another one too. Like I, you know, the, the Sens, you know, they got some speed on that team. Like, that's kind of where they've been able to beat Toronto off the rush a lot the last couple of seasons. So I think I try and slow down that that rush offense from 
the senators uh, part of that is don't turn the puck over like you know that they're going to be you know a, a hounding team they forecheck hard so don't turn the puck over but if, when you're defending clog the neutral zone have active sticks in the, in the in the neutral zone on your back check force them to make an extra pass when they're trying to break uh, trying their breakout so that they can't just zip right through with speed um, you know, try and force those quick transitions for yourself, force those turnovers and get in on them. So I think slowing down that sends rush offense is also going to be a, a key tonight. Keep everything in front of you and keep everything to the outside should be an easy victory for, uh, for, for the Maple Leafs with, you know, the way the, the state of that Senators team right now, the way that, that blue line is just depleted. The goaltending is not what it was supposed to be. Yeah, they can score. Like this is a team that's scoring a lot. Don't get me wrong. Um, but Toronto, they've proven that they can they can keep up with with goal scoring uh, teams. Um, and we'll see who's in goal tonight. Was not announced as there was no practice on Tuesday. Uh, but regardless, whether it's Samsonov getting back at it or it's Joe Wall who gets the net, uh, I think that they should still be able to to win this game. Yeah, I mean, look, the Senators have this record for a reason. They're having these struggles for a reason. They're playing hard, but they're not playing well, right? They're doing. Yeah. They're not executing, as you're saying too, uh, with how things have been going defensively. But I, I remember seeing this goaltending. I watched a few of the Senators games. It's just like, woof! Like it just has not been good. Kind of similar yeah. to what's going on with, like, I think Ottawa. And Edmonton have similar issues right now. If like, are we transitioning into that here, Dave? Because I like that's something I thought about <laughs> recently. Like we're talking about like why certain teams in Canada are struggling, namely Ottawa, namely Edmonton. Goaltending has been a big reason for it, especially on Edmonton side. Well, goaltending and defense, like just as a whole, both of them, like. They're not getting good defense and they're not getting that extra save or any save for that matter. They're getting what they deserve. Ultimately, they're getting exactly what they deserve for playing so poor defensively. And then they don't have like an Ilya Sorokin or a Thatcher Demko to uh, or uh, an Andre Vasilevsky to mask those deficiencies. And they're getting exactly what they deserve in terms of like, you know, relative to to expectation. Um, and, and I think that's unfortunate for both of those cities. Like I always want Canadian teams to do well. I think it's best for the game, but yeah, neither team have gotten off to the start that they were expecting to get off to. But I think, it, I think there's even more panic in Edmonton than there is in, in Ottawa. Like both are very dire situations, but I think even in Edmonton, it's much, much worse. Like I watched that game last night against Vancouver just so bad. Like they, they, sorry, good opening period, good opening period, but they were out shooting Vancouver, like 19 to three at one point, but down two to one, like Vancouver's third shot on goal in the game was to take a two, one lead. And they're out shot by 17 prior to that shot in the first period. It was insane. Like Stu Skinner just couldn't get a save. It was Skinner in that, in that game, not even Jack yeah. Campbell. Um, and it just, you know, consistently just kept tumbling down. I think it was like five, two or six, two final, um, kind of a, a dink move. I would say for Vancouver, Edmonton took a penalty in like the final minute of the game. 
it's like five two games over and talk sends out the top unit and they score in the final minute like i probably didn't need to do that but whatever is what it is uh but then we wake up to news today that like hey jack campbell sent down on waivers like campbell's no longer with this team the it's it's a tough situation you had the coach get thrown out of the game last night uh he got ejected um and uh, they play san jose tomorrow dave <laughs> if they lose to the winless san jose sharks that's it that's it woodcroft gone and there's got to be an additional move coming after that because that would just be brutal and shout out to brian hayes actually my my pal from od for this one wouldn't it just be something if san jose claimed jack campbell off of waivers started him in that game and put the dagger in the oilers oh it would just be great theater the, the funny and I, yeah, I saw that and I saw somebody on Twitter also put that out. And I'm just like, it would be hilarious to give you an idea, like how bad this could be for Edmonton. If they, I think right now, San Jose is beating the Flyers as we're recording this to nothing. So oh. brutal, but San Jose has now officially scored 14 goals this season. 14. Austin Matthews has 13. He has. He has one fewer goal than San Jose has as an entire hockey team. I have never yeah. in my life seen this before. With Edmonton, like, like obviously Jack Campbell's being thrown. Like, he's been brutal. No way if ends about it. Even coming into the season, he kind of talked about the mental struggles he was having. And that, that looms large for goaltending. Stuart Skinner obviously hasn't been any better. And their blue line, like they bring in Matthias Ekholm. And remember when they brought him in, it was this was the guy they needed. They wanted they went like run. seventeen yeah. and three down the stretch after the trade. Yeah, they were incredible. It was like shot in the arm they needed, and then yeah. they and they lose in the playoffs, and now they're like even worse defensively. It's so bizarre because like I'm trying to think back, the team's not that much different. No, like what's 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 going on? They added, here? They added Connor Brown, which I thought, wow, like they're pretty fortunate to get Connor Brown. Now they're like want to put Connor Brown, like fans want Connor Brown put on waivers. Pardon well, me? I don't know if you saw, but there's like a situation. I think he had a His game bonus. bonus. Did His he play bonus. in that 10th game or has he been up in the press box? I can't remember. Uh, well, I remember name. seeing his name last night. I actually don't even remember. let me see how many games he's played. He has played. Uh, he's played nine games right now. Mm, I mean, but, that, <laughs> that might because that's going to go into next year's cap. If yep. they play him like that cap bonus goes into next year's cap. And you don't want that if you're Edmonton, especially for Connor Brown, who's not providing anything for your team. Might be a waiver guy, and someone might give him a chance, give him a, you know, claim him or whatever. But uh, if I'm Edmonton, I don't take that chance. Do not. Don't do it. Anyway. Yeah, I I mean, I think between Ottawa and Edmonton, if we're bringing the comparables, I think Edmonton's got such a brutal situation because 
like McDavid's you saw like you see him in that game against Vancouver. Dude, he looks he, like he's ready to pack his bags and leave. Bro, he was stuff. unhinged, like weirdly unhinged in that game. Going at JT Miller, and then he ends up going at um uh, one of the other players on the Canucks team, he like kind of cross checks him down to the ice, and it wasn't quite exactly what uh, Mungiapani did to McCann, but it was like very uncalled for. I think it, it kind of seemed like, and ends up getting a five minute penalty out of it, and it was just brutal, brutal. Both him and Leon just kind of lost it in that game, um, and, which and he said after the game. Literally a quote from him that wasn't frustration. I was just trying to play hockey. That's not you playing hockey, Connor McDavid, because you're scoring goals, putting up points. You're not doing things like that. Yeah, that's not you, Connor you, you play your game with your hands, not with your fists, pal. Yeah, leave that you're, to Ryan. Wings. Yeah, <laughs> leave that to leave that to Vander Kane. Leave that to guys who are supposed to do that stuff. That's not you. right. Right. Um, yeah, that's going to be a hilarious situation, though. If like, I hope San Jose loses in this game. We'll know by the time like people watch this in the morning uh, whether or not that happened. But, man, it would be funny if they somehow lose this game and then beat Edmonton for their first win. Would be incredible stuff. Even if they, if they lose regardless, like, even if San Jose wins tonight and they still lose, Edmonton still loses to them. No, no. Oof. That'd be terrible. Um, all right, buddy. Let's call her uh, call her a show. Uh, so that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti and follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. We'll be back with another episode for y'all tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.